Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Word Up, where tonight it's me and Pastor Akin. We're flying solo because Pastor Ian is flying British Airways to Zimbabwe. So it's us tonight, and uh, we're going to attempt to continue through Revelation 13. Hello to Pastor Akin. Good evening. Hi there. Hi, Ben. Great to be with you here on the programme today. And yes, here we are without Pastor Ian. Like you said, he's uh, off to Zimbabwe with a team, off on a mission uh, there. So um, yeah, we pray for them there. They're going to have a, an amazing time there. And uh, welcome to everyone who's joined us this evening. You're very welcome. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, let's have a look at Revelation 13 then. Um, I feel I should read the whole chapter because, uh, yeah, it's... I mean, I think last week, um, Pastor Akin and Ian, they got up to, say, verse 10, which was really interesting, actually, because there was a bit of translation discrepancy between the two of them, which I thought was (laughs) really, really interesting. And I I, I will, um, yeah, we'll get to that. (laughs) Right, let's have a look. Revelation 13, which talks about the first beast. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it, the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed. And the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast and they worshipped the dragon. For he had given his authority to the beast. And they worship the beast, saying, Who is like the beast and who can fight against it? And the beast was given them a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words and was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. Also, it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all who dwell on earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. The second beast. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Also, it causes all both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave to be marked on the right hand or the forehead 
so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. There we go, the two beasts of Revelation. So last time, um, Pastor Ian and Pastor Aiken were going through more or less the first beast uh, and kind of saying what his role was and a little bit about him and the theories about him. Pastor Akin, did you want to just summarise what you went over last time? Yes, yeah, thanks, Ben. It was just interesting that um, when we started looking at this, uh, we see um, from the the previous chapter, we were making a distinction between uh, the beast. Obviously, we were looking at the first beast last week uh, for the beast that see at the beginning of chapter 13, and a distinction between this beast and, and the dragon that we had actually been looking at in chapter 12. And uh, so we wanted to make that that quite clear that the the the, the dragon was a a separate entity from this beast that we're looking at here. And um, we were also um, again we went over the fact that uh, you know going through chapter twelve we were really looking at things from a heavenly perspective of what was going on in the heavenlies. And uh, you know we, we see towards um, you know we're looking at uh, at some point in chapter twelve that you know the devil is cast down and he's he's angry and uh, he's going after the woman he's he's going after the um you, you know the, the plans and the purpose of God doing all he can to thwart them because he knows his time is short. And then we, we move to chapter 13 and we're looking at this first beast and this beast is now obviously on, on the earth um at the at the end of uh, of time as it were and uh, we looked at the um the fact that the beast had authority, the beast had power, and um, we we see that uh, the, the there is this um, this great desire uh, through the beast and the dragon for worship. So from the worship to be taken away from God to actually worshiping this beast and and thereby actually worshiping the dragon. So we we were looking at that, and um, I think one of the interesting things that we um, we looked at last week was um, this whole issue of uh, you know how. We, we, we're referring to Daniel chapter seven about uh, the uh, the vision that God gave to um, that Daniel had really about the end of times and the the empires that were going to arise in, in, in the last days. And uh, we we were looking at this, and I think it was it was it wasn't through some um, I don't think it was through any commentary that we had come across or anything. But we 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 started talking about um, you know the, how what if this isn't actually physical you know, countries or nations or regions, but we were actually looking at it in, in the, in the, that what if it was, a, for example, a, a, a um, an alliance of religions. And we were just thinking about, you know, there, there, there are so many religions that they have a, a coverage, oh, they go through of the whole world. You know, you look at, if we, if we take, um, we didn't want to obviously mention any, but we said the major religions of the world today, if you look at them, and if they were to come together, if they were you to unite together, that would actually be a, a worldwide alliance that would cover the whole world uh, mm-hmm. as, as against looking at a particular nation or a particular country or a world power as we see them in, in these days. And that, that was, a, you know, throughout the week, I've just been thinking about that, that, that sort of an alliance, if that was to, if there would be someone who would head up an alliance like that, the kind of wide sweeping authority that they would have, the influence that they would have over all the world. And that's, you know, at one point here, you see the people said, who is like the beast? You know, who is able to make war with him? You could see if someone had, uh, you know, was the head of such an alliance, you know, that that would kind of, but they would inspire that kind of awe, wouldn't they? Because they would basically have influence over the whole world. And so we came into that. And obviously, like you alluded to earlier, we looked at um, verse 10 
and I was yeah. looking at my translation of verse 10 as a, <laughs> and it, well, this is this is the New King James version I've got here, where um, you know it says that he who leads into captivity will go into captivity, and he who goes with the sword must be killed with the sword. But obviously. Uh, I think you've you've got the the translation that Pastor Ewan had as well, which it, it comes across differently, and that that yeah. was quite interesting as well. But I I think when you when you look at the, the 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 second part of the verse where it says here is the patience and the faith of the saints, it kind of like ties in with the the whole thing of the fact that you know if you uh, people who will be led into captivity will be there's no escape from the captivity, there's no escape from the the sword and. Um, the, the only way of overcoming the, the sword and that uh, the captivity and the sword is by patience and 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 faith in God. That verse is is interesting because I I, I get what you were kind of coming up against because it, it is it too Christians to say there's <laughs> going to be persecution you're going to be held captive you're going to die by the sword but all this must happen you have the victory in the end there is going to be persecution or I was looking at Matthew Henry, 16th century Puritan, and he was of, of the other opinion that this verse was addressed to um, to the persecutors. You're, you're, you know, if anyone is taking cap, if anyone leads people into captivity, like your one says, I think leads people. Yes, that's why. Right. Yeah, that's why right. it says, um, "He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity." That's what it yeah. says. It's almost talking to the persecutors, <laughs> and you who slay yes. people by the sword, you'll be slain by yeah. the sword. That's so right. It, it was interesting. It's like, oh wow, you know, well, <laughs> it's got to be one of those kind of Bible anomalies that, um, you know. But I guess both is true. You know, God, God, God will have ultimate vengeance, and Christians will have ultimate victory. So in yes. a way, you know, it's both true. But it, it was really interesting. I, I kind of jumped on it when I I saw you two, you two kind of like coming <laughs> at it differently. I was like, oh wow, you know, look look at this. So that that was good. I just wish I could read Greek, you know, and like really get to the nuts and bolts of it. But <laughs> no, it, it was interesting. So we've come to like that point, which is like all about the first beast. And um, uh, one of the points I kind of looked at was uh, you got this kind of man or, you know, representation of man who is, you know, almost possessed by the, the dragon, the devil, to blaspheme and to persecute and to stir up people um against against christians and uh some of the things it says like um he was given a platform and the beast was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words uh, allowed it to exercise authority for 42 months and i'm like wow the beast was given a mouth and if we're thinking about symbolic language you know, you could say like Facebook Live, for instance, is, is giving us a mouth. It's giving us a platform to to speak. And of course, John would have no concept of computers or the Internet way back then. But you could, you kind of think, well, how? I wonder how that would be made manifest and different stuff like uh, it opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God. You know, you think of things like propaganda, you know, TV propaganda and all that kind of stuff like Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, that kind of thing yeah. uh, and you just think well how do these things that are trying to be described back then how do they you know translate into what what yeah. you're actually seeing um, absolutely so yeah i think we, we've mentioned this before haven't we ben we said this before haven't we that how can someone who lived in that time describe things that are happening now he's just he, he's just going to 
uh, you know, pick up things that, uh, you know, a mouth, okay, a mouth, we all know what a mouth is, but maybe what he was seeing was something totally different. He said, you're, you're right, he, what if he was seeing someone who was on the television? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how is he going to describe when that, that the television hasn't been, you know, has, hasn't been invented at that time? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it really is, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think we've mentioned it before. Mike, Mike Bickle of the International House of Prayer, he was given a, a prophecy like way back in the early 80s about Chinese people in paddy fields watching prayer and worship on li little TVs in their hand, like all over uh, China. And um, of course, now we've got mobile phones that could go on YouTube and watch the International House of Prayer. Uh, and, yes. you know, it's, it's kind of seeing these things come to fulfillment. Let's get on to the second, the second beast, like this, uh, this next person that, that, that kind of comes along. Uh, it says, then I saw another beast rising out of the earth and it had two horns like a lamb. And it spoke like a dragon. So the first beast was rising out of the sea. And if you want to go to symbolism, the sea seems to symbolize in the commentaries I've read the, the sea of nations, if you like, the mass of the different kind of nations, the, the chaotic mass of nations, if you like, is what uh, what the commentators said. And And then this one rising out of the earth. And this seemed to be described as... Someone, someone rising out of the like demonically out of the abyss, and we know about the abyss from previous chapters that is opened, and all sorts of horrors and demonic activity is unleashed on the earth out of the abyss, and so that's you know that's what it kind of was speaking of. But it was interesting, like it, it, this this uh, second beast had two horns like a la like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. So. Mm. Uh, I don't know what you came across. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Yes, I mean, the, the, again, it's like John is going into a great, um, if you like, detail, trying to make a, you know, this distinction between this beast and the other beast. And, um, you know, I remember last week we picked up on, on, on something about, uh, you know, the this, this term about the Antichrist. And um, in, in some of the commentaries that you that you come across, they're trying to, you know, if you like, define this anti. Is like, is anti going to be the opposite of Jesus? So we look at Jesus, you know, he was uh, anointed by the Holy Spirit and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. And so the, if you like, the opposite of that is uh, if you like an evil person who is going about, you know, destroying and, uh, you know, wrecking people's lives and, and doing everything that... Uh, that the devil would want him to do. But, uh, you know, in, in the comments that I was reading, it was that the Antichrist is, is not going to be presented in that manner. It isn't going to be, if you like, a, a, a vicious dictator who's going to be, um, you know, trying to, uh, you know, to initiate an, a world war and bring destruction upon them. He isn't going to present himself in that manner at all. It, in fact, it says that he is going to be, um, if you like, as, as he himself says that, you know, the devil presents himself as an angel of light. Yeah, so when you, yeah. when we see this, um, if you like it, the, the, the horns of of, uh, of a lamb, you know, a lamb, we, we know to be a, a, a gentle type of animal, gentle creature. So th this antichrist, this person, this beast we're talking, we're looking at here, is actually going to present himself as someone respectable, you know, someone who's a is a, is a man of pe a person of peace, I should say, a person of peace, a person who's looking out for the the well being of the world, and yet. When he begins to speak, he still has this. There is this something um, evil and destructive about him in that he, as it says here, that he he spoke like a dragon. So he looked in appearance to be one thing, 
But actually, when he spoke out of his heart, when he actually spoke out of his, uh, you know, his motivation, what his inspiration was, what was on the inside of him, and then he spoke as a dragon. And so it's, it's presenting himself here, and this is um, something I guess we're going to have to, you know, in once we're going to get to terms with this that he, that this um, beast is not going to be someone that will be easily identifiable as being who he actually is. He's going to be. Uh, he's, he's actually going to be like as it as it says as we we know the term uh, a wolf in in sheep's clothing as it were. <laughs> yeah, and a, a dragon. You know, we kind of with the language like you. Could, I could kind of say I had a few teachers that were dragons, and uh, <laughs> I've met a few nurses. <laughs> but um, dragons, actually, you know, they're not dumb, dumb kind of mythological creatures. When you think of dragons, you know, like Smaug in the um, the Hobbit, they're wise beyond anything you know and so it's like you know the appearance of a lamb but as as you know wily as a fox and as wise as a you know deadly serpent that kind of thing but um you know it's it, it, it the imagery is of this you know de of deception almost uh mm. that it was a lamb like you say a lamb in yeah, a wolf in sheep's clothing so it exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. We'll, we'll get to that mortal wound bit. But yeah, this uh, this person um, seems to be uh, given the authority. There's a relationship there between um, this this lesser beast who, the, the you know, the first beast has got 10 horns and this beast has got two horns. So it's like... Horns always represent strength and power in the Bible. And so it's like lesser power, um, but still appointed with all this authority. He's like one of the Hitler's kind of henchmen um, that are doing his bidding and, and promoting him. But um, yeah, we got a little word about this mortal wound keeps coming up. That one of the heads of the beast, these are seven heads in the description, had a mortal wound. And again here, um, the beast that had the mortal wound was healed. And it goes on to say that this, this second beast performs great signs and wonders, making fire come down from heaven in front of the people. And it's allowed to work in the presence of the beast. Uh, it goes on to say about deception. But um, it doesn't say this in the text, but you kind of wonder that this first beast has, got, has been healed uh, of, of like a deadly wound that would have killed it. And this second beast is is able to do all these great signs uh, and wonders and and all this kind of stuff. And you, I wonder if somehow the second beast healed the first beast of a deadly wound and therefore gained you know superiority in his sight and became his right hand man. And that the fact that the beast was more this beast who was worshipped and loved had a mortal wound and then was brought back to life may account for all its popularity and its, its sway over the world that is like, you know, this great kind of uh, miraculous healing kind of thing going on between the two of them. Um, and, and it only adds to their, you know, their renown in the earth. But um, it's, yeah. all, it's all kind of speculation, isn't it? I, I think that very much so. Um, but like you said, it's like there is, um, you know, whichever which way we, I don't know how we people want, would like to um, put labels or describe this, this, this desire that man seems to have for, 
even though they don't always articulate it the right way. They, 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 the desire for the for the supernatural isn't there. So mm-hmm. people they, you know, they they want to look into horoscopes. Um, they look into things like seances. People get involved sometimes in witchcraft because they, they, there is that kind of like I don't know whether I can describe it as um you know something that's innate. We all have it in us that there is something great. There's something that we can't see. We can't touch. We can't control. But it's out there, and um, access to that thing gives us great power. You know, even when, you know, you spoke about um, you, you mentioned Hitler and his henchmen and, the, you know, the, there's been these um, accounts, you know, whether they are they are accurate or not, of how the, the you know, those who were at the upper echelons of the um, of, of power during that time, they were very much curious about the um, the occult. They were they were looking for, you know, a, a super a power or a weapon or something that could access that would give them, you know, victory in the war that they were in. And, um, you know, it's, it's this, like you rightly said, it's like with this sort of desires um, in people's lives, you know, the scene will be set as the Bible seems to be telling us that when these things, like you said, that's uh, the, someone who is mortally wounded and, and being healed. I don't know, like you said, I don't know whether it's a resurrection or whatever it is, but um, something that should have killed them, you know, that it doesn't kill them. They actually got, they live through it. And, you um, the you know the the power that has healed this person or raised up or whatever it is it's going to be it's been attributed to someone else and these two people they're the combination of these two individuals it mm. seems as though it sets the scene for people to then begin to, to worship them and um you, you know it, it also you know harkens back to what the lord said i, I think it was in matthew when he was speaking about um you know people who were 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 um you know, com- committing signs and miracles, doing signs and miracles, um, but they, but he didn't send them. He said that they, they, they were not. I didn't, you know, at the end of the time when he comes to judge, he says that no, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because I never knew you. You know, you might have. Done, he, did, he didn't deny the fact that they did miracles, but he said these miracles were not done in my name. They were not done under my authority or in my power. There was another authority, another power in which they they were actually exercising to to perform his miracles and i and i think it's you know one of the commenters i was reading i think it really brought this out that we need to be careful as christians um that we we're running after signs and wonders and miracles that our focus should not be on signs and wonders and miracles because as he said he he went back to the and we look at this when he says that he calls down fire from heaven here and he says that it's just like in the day of elijah when he called fire down from heaven you know, he, he challenged the people and he says you know whichever god answers by fire you know serve that god you know worship yeah. that god and uh obviously elijah called down the fire and the people worship god but in this case it's it's like this um you know beast is able to call down a fire from the from the heavens as it were but it's not of god and yet it, this is what the same thing is going to cause people to worship these beasts and to worship the you know the dragon and not to worship god so we have to be careful the commentator was saying that we have to be careful that uh, we don't become fixated on signs and wonders and miracles and we should see from the scriptures that there are people who are able to or, or, or the devil uses them to produce these force and miracles and these force signs and wonders and again we spoke about you know uh, moses as well um you know the some of the signs that he was able to perform before pharaoh pharaoh's magicians were able to perform the same signs as well yeah so he yeah. was just saying that there should be a, a great emphasis on um you know on the things that you know that, that, that satan cannot counterfeit so he spoke about love and truth for example he, he mentioned those two uh, things up for, as by, by way of an example so that we shouldn't just pursue 
these supernatural signs and wonders and miracles because at the end of the day there was a purpose behind it and um, as the lord jesus christ said he says in order to deceive many that was the purpose behind it it's deception he wants to to deceive people into thinking that these are actually god and that to, to take worship away from the one true God and bring that worship to the to the dragon. And that's what we need to be mindful of. Is that that's what Satan is at the heart of all of this deception is to get people to worship Satan and not to worship God. Yeah. And you kind of wonder again, like about how these things will be achieved. You know, like it talks about great signs, uh, even making fire come down from heaven in the earth in front of people. Um, and by the uh, by the signs is allowed to work it deceives those who dwell on the earth telling telling them to make an image of the beast so this great power that this person uh, seems apparently to have influences people to to do things and you think about some of the technology these days you know internet uh, artificial intelligence uh, all the kind of inf the influencing uh kind of software i heard something the other day that uh, certain nations who are opposed to the west kind of make an algorithm for things like tiktok and youtube so that um for the western world dumbed down kind of videos appear like you know silly things about cats or you know just loads of comedy things and and, and silliness and all, all these bits and pieces but for their own population they insert an algorithm that is all about education, all about advancement. It's all directed to influence their particular nation towards attainment and uh, while the West is being dumbed down. You know, it's just a little thing I heard, whether it's true or not, I don't know. But, you know, you, you think about that, you know, those of us that have got TikTok and YouTube, the times you can sit there and just aimlessly scroll and just watch entertainment yes but absolute silliness that's just yeah. getting into your brain and like wasting time when you could be doing pro productive things so you know that was just a little thing that, I, that i'd heard yes. uh you know it's uh it, it's it's interesting these things that are out there and i was trying to put uh, people have done it for eight and eight ages centuries to try and pinpoint these things so this uh this beast does these signs to deceive uh, mm. and gets them to make an image for the beast uh, that was wounded by the sword, again, talking about the wound. And it says the first beast was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. So <laughs> it's almost like what I've just said. It, 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 it's got, it makes this image and it enables it to, to speak and influence I suppose in the 50s, I remember hearing a quote like uh, a Christian family got their first TV and uh, on the box when it came in was the slogan, let the world into your home. And immediately <laughs> the father was like, get it out. <laughs> it's you know, it's, it's that, that kind of thing, you know, these, all these entertainments we have, you know, it's, it's a hard kind of line, isn't it? Because people need entertainment. I need entertainment. I need downtime. But we're an entertainment kind of obsessed uh, people, really, in the West. Yeah. Um, and I, I can see it, you know, in, in different cultures where attainment is, you know, uh, promoted more than it is here. Um, and, yes. You know, it's, it's, it's just it's one of those social observations that you see. But yes. again, going back to this, you know, you just kind of see how it 
how these things might play out. Yeah, I think absolutely, Ben. I think, I think when when you we meet again, we we're just going back to you know John being where he was at that point in, in history and where we are now. It's like we we can look at these things now when it says that um, you know he he uh, he deceives those who dwell on the earth by the signs which is granted to do in the sight of these. You know, telling those who dwell on the earth you know, to make an image to the beast who was wounded by uh, wounded by the sword and lived. And you know, you, you think about this image, and it's very much. I, obviously, we, we're we're just talking about what we know now, but we don't know how far technology is going to advance in the next five, ten, or fifteen years. But you can actually think of now, even um, when we when we look at things like, uh, if we, if we just look at TikTok for an example, it's something that someone has created, and its influence is worldwide. And so you kind of like when you, when you try and you, know, you think of um, artificial intelligence, you, you think of. Um, you know the, the the advancements in technology now. How is it? Is it not possible for something to be created, like you said, that can go into everyone's home? You know, go into when we even on our phones now. Everyone, I don't know the the percentage of people on the face of the earth who've got a mobile phone. So these, these things are actually right now they're able to. You know, we, we're talking about him, this uh, beast calling down fire from heaven, and um, as in the same way you think about Elijah when the, this contest with the with the servants of Baal, there must have been some way in which the information went out. I don't know how they, they got it out, but they got the information out and said, look, everyone come and assemble here. And we're going to, this is what's going to happen. And think how much easier it is to do that now. If someone was, you know, he really wanted to, you know, to put on a show for people to say, look, you know, I'm going to show you that this person is, you know, you, this is, this is, this is more than just another human being, you know, whatever he's done, you know, it, it, there's something supernatural about, there's something godlike about him. And if I can use, they would probably use that phrase and he would say at such and such a time, you know, choose in and uh you know get on the whatever it is it's going to be on the cnn on sky bbc everything and i'm going to call down fire from heaven then you will all know that this is you know this is the real god and it, 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 you can think now it's so easy mm. with the technology that's available now to do that and even people who are not actually able to watch it at that particular point in time they can always go back and it's going to be recorded it'll be on you know you can go back and have a look at the the event again and watch it over and over and keep you know passing the information around so in a very short space of time everybody can become aware of that event and everyone will have access to that and everyone will have this um you know every, if, if you like everyone will have the same the same image and the same information uh, that would speak and, and be telling them that you know this is the person that you need to worship. This is this is your God, and um, I, 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 it's, it's a bit like um, you know I've seen some um, if if you like um, trailers of um, you know superhero uh, movies, and one particular one where it's like I think this is this is like a Superman one where. He, because he's able to defeat, you know, an enemy who was going to destroy the earth. He's like the people have got to that place where they want to begin to worship him, even though he's not. And in this case, he's not. He's not actually asking for that, but they're just, in, you know, in a sense, out of gratitude. You know, he, he saved us from his enemy. They want to begin to worship him, and it's almost as like you rightly said. These, I sometimes I think that even some of these films, they set the scene. They are setting the scene for this kind of individual to arise, yeah. where he's going to be able to do something that no one else can do. And, um, you know, like you said, that this deception where he appears to be the lamb and he's also a dragon, he might have that he might have that exterior, you know, um, character of not really wanting people to worship. But in the in the, in the that's exactly what he wants. And even like you rightly said, this entertainment, all these films, they are they're, um, 
you know, preparing our minds to actually receive someone like this, to look for this sort of a hero, this sort, this sort of person that has a supernatural power that's going to watch over us and protect us. And and in, and in return, all we have to do is just worship this this person. Yeah. And uh, yeah, very, very much so everything is in, from our perspective, it's almost like it's in place for these things to take place. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to feed conspiracy theories, but um, <laughs> yeah, who'd have thought like four years ago that the world could be shut down like that? You know, it's just you wouldn't ever conceive of it that, that you know, the world would be shut down. We'd have to be locked down in our homes for a period of time. The world over, that would seem like an impossibility, like science fiction. Mm. Yet it happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like uh, events... You know, like remember the Twin Towers in 2001? As soon as that was happening, like every major news channel across the world, we was all watching, you know, what was going on. And the death of Queen Elizabeth, you know, that was a worldwide event watched by, you know, a good portion of the world's population. Uh, and like you're saying, you know, these things are not are not impossible, you know, to, to happen. So let's um, let's get to the, uh, you know, the, the big one, the uh, the mark of the beast. <laughs> So it says in uh, verse 16, also it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave to be marked on the right hand or the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast for it is the number of a man and his number is 666. Now that that whole six 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 thing, <laughs> horror films have, have blown that up like probably beyond its significance, and that's why everyone thinks of the devil six six six, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I mean, I had the, probably the misfortune of watching the Omen films growing up, and uh, you know that was that was all all tied in with that. You know, the the, the Antichrist and the Mark of the Beast and. Uh, all of those things and and uh even the some of the christian films like uh, the, those awful 70s ones a thief in the night and a distant thunder you know it was all literal kind of talking about this mark of the beast and everything um but yet you know it's one of those things that's, that's always held up you know that what it's saying is that this beast will have the power to bring everyone into line so that only those who worship the beast will be able to buy and sell if you take that mark, then you 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 know you're free to buy and sell and, and go about your your life and do all that kind of stuff. And in in another way, it, it marks your allegiance to the beast, who who is the antichrist. We know he's the antichrist, and you know this influence, this worldwide kind of superiority of these individuals, the, the pressure mm-hmm. to conform to do this, you know, is you can you can hear people saying, "Well, I've got to eat, so I need to yeah. do it." Um, and that's yes. that's the thing, isn't it? It's the pressure. And for Christians, you know, even today in, in um, other things, you know, the pressure, the pressure to conform to certain ways of thinking, to accepting certain behaviours and, and lifestyles as, as normal. Even our terminology these days, uh, I, I read about earlier on about a university professor, because she insisted there are only two sexes, half of our students walked out of her class. I mean, what? <laughs> There are just two sexes, you know, no matter how much we define, try and define like a, all the different terminologies of, of, oh, I 
you know, I want to be pansexual, I want to be this, that, or or the other. You know, it's just it's just words. It's just like semantics. You know, there there are biologically two sexes. It gets to the point where lies become truth because people try and promote an agenda. Um, so you know, this this whole thing, you know, you can you can see the pressure here that you know would be applying. Can you imagine if you if you couldn't feed your family unless you took the mark of the beast and you had crying children starving children that the pressure would be immense uh, and in you know in lots of other ways you know christians have faced persecutions throughout the ages where they've refused to conform or or you know deny their faith um, on pain of death you know they've they've gone they've died you know they've, they've stuck yeah. to their guns and, and, and died and you, you can see that this is the kind of pressure that, that they'll be on and, and again you can probably make suggestions of how the mark of the beast would come about. You know, people talk about chips under the skin or, you know, that kind of thing. And it's possible that, you know, we're moving towards a cashless society. There, there was a complaint in the paper that these people have gone out and I've been to places where they don't, they don't take cash anymore. You yeah. have to pay by card. You, you see, people have seen for years, Christians have called this for years, you know, about how this could happen. I remember a guy called... Barry Smith used to come to Ashford every year without fail. And he he's a New Zealander and he uh, I've probably got one of his books somewhere. And he was all on it about, you know, supermarkets and um, how what they were done in New Zealand to promote a cashless society. And his whole his whole message was about, you know, the mark of the beast and how this could happen um, for years and years. He's gone to glory now, but you know, he he was on it about these kind of things. But again, it's it's there's probably as many opinions as there are preachers out there, you know, with these kind of things. <laughs> but did did you have any reflections on the, the mark of the yes. beast and this whole thing? Yes, thing? like you said, when when you when you go and you start looking at um, you know commentators, there were there were all sorts of things. You know, I think we mentioned earlier before we came on air about some people that there's a sort of a system where you can um, you can try and calculate. That, you know the letters in people's names, and it can, it, it can come up to the number six hundred and sixty-six. And they were trying to to use that methodology to identify who the antichrist was. <laughs> and you yeah. come across these things, and uh, you know, the, like you said, the mark itself is it going to be the actual number six six six, and all these sort of things. And um, I, I know I've come across um, a, a book that I read many years ago, written by a, a Christian author, and um, he was looking into the same thing, I guess, along the lines of Barry Smith, and he was just saying that. Uh, you know, this this um, mark isn't going to be something that's going to be forced upon people. It's something that people will actually readily want to accept. And uh, he was, and the thing that this book must have been written, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 years ago, he was he was given an insight into certain things like, um, you know, we've, I mean, now, for example, we've got so many PIN numbers, haven't we, so many passwords, and trying to remember, you know, the, the PIN number for each card and the password for each account and things that you want to get in there. If you could just have all that information on one chip, um, you know, that and that could be inserted into, like I said, the hand or the forehead or whatever part of the body. It would make life so much easier and also be, it'd be more it's your your personal information will be safe and secure. And um, he was given examples of where, you know, even, um, you know, diplomats in certain you know parts of the world that they would have chips. They had chips implanted. Um, in their body so that if they were kidnapped or anything you know they they um, you know the special forces will be able to uh, locate where they were and, and rescue them so he was just saying now these these sort of things are 
Uh, you know, they're things that people would actually want to have. It's not as though they'd be forced upon people. But I think the, you know, so when we look at things like this, I think what we need to constantly remind ourselves is, is that these things, God, God, uh, he knows about all of these things. So it's not as though this thing is suddenly going to be sprung on the world and it should be a, come as a surprise to us as Christians. And we always, it, I think it's also, it's also important to remind ourselves that when we're even looking at these beasts, that we keep seeing phrases like it was granted to them or they were given the power. So it's not as though they're, they're not like, the, the one, it's very important that we continue to remind ourselves that they're not God. You know, nobody gives God power. Nobody grants God authority. He He has all the power. He has all the authority. It, it belongs to him. And there is no authority and there is no power that exists without his say so. And, um, you know, we, we even look, when we look into the Old Testament, even with Pharaoh, you know, the, the scripture says that even he was created for the to, to show God's glory, even Pharaoh himself, when he was exercising that authority and that power that he had, it was all for God's glory. So even in all of these things that we're seeing, you know, it can be quite, uh, like you said, it can be quite daunting to have to think that there'd be a time when as Christians, we would uh, be faced with these um, they're life or death situations, aren't they? And some Christians are actually facing them in the world today. You know, they, they're in certain countries where you profess to be a Christian. You know, it's, it's, it's a death sentence. You know, it isn't just the fact that you'll be without a job or you, or you lose your home or anything. It, 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 it is an actual death sentence. But again, we, when, when we, we, we go back to um, verse 8 of chapter 13, and it says that all who dwell on the earth will worship him. He's talking about the beast here, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world and i think in your translation it actually reads much better i think it says that um how, how what does yours your scene verse eight it, it reads verse eight and all who dwell on the earth will worship it everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb who was slain exactly so it's actually saying there that the, our names were written in this book of life before the foundation of the world. So, can, I mean, it, it, can we, it's difficult to imagine that, that even before, I mean, we're talking about centuries, aren't we? Thousands of years ago, that our names were written in, before we were born, our names were written in the land book of life. You know, and so God knew that they, this time, there'll be a time we'll be doing this podcast here. All the people that are listening, he knew that there'll be a time here and he knows what's in our hearts. You know, when I, when I read this, sometimes it can be quite frightening. You think to yourself, God, if I was faced with that situation now where, you know, I couldn't do anything, I couldn't buy any food to eat, I couldn't pay my bills, I couldn't do anything because I refused to receive this mark. You know, sometimes you think, so, well, you might feel that you could be strong for yourself. Or what about your children? If you've got young children. How could you could you sit by and watch your your children starve or go without things because you know that it's the right thing to do? And, and you know, the, the way that I keep I keep looking at this is that even as we're studying the book of Revelation now, it's because God wants to prepare us. You know, he doesn't want us to be ignorant of these things uh, when they happen. We, we might be here when the things happen. We might not be. But uh, regardless of that, he wants to prepare us. And the preparation really is to understand, you know, what God has done for us, who he is. What he has done for us, it says here that you know our names written. It's not something that he just did, you know, a couple of years ago when we decided to give our life to Christ. It says before the foundation of the world that our names were already written in that Lamb's Book of Life. And so all the things that we are going to be going through, you know, for you know for the rest of this year, for the rest of our lives here on the earth, we need to entrust that to God because he already knows the beginning from the end of all things. And that's where we draw encouragement from, because we might be looking at our lives now and be thinking to us, oh my goodness, there's no way I'll be able to stand in the face of such persecution like this. I just wouldn't be able to do it, you know. If it's not for my sake, then for the sake of my children, I couldn't do it. But we need to trust God with that, to say, okay, I'm not there now, 
but if by continually, you know, uh, encouraging one another, listening to, to the word, sticking with Christians who believe the scriptures, who believe in the truth, who you can see the love of God in their life, staying with them. We can encourage one another. I was I was looking at it, Ben, like someone who's preparing for a marathon, who has never done any exercise or never run a race before. I mean, how would you do it? From, from, to think, so how am I going to run for 26 miles? I can't even you know, run 100 meters, you know. And how would you do it? In reality, you, you would start with little things, wouldn't you? You'd buy yourself a pair of running shoes get the appropriate clothing, probably yeah. look for a coach, someone who, like Justin, who's done many marathons and many half marathons. You look for a group of people who, who you could say, let's learn together, let's let's learn, let's prepare ourselves for this marathon together. Because there'll be times when you'd wake up, if you were on your own, you think, oh, you know, I don't feel like it today. But if you knew that there were another five or six people who were dependent on you, you would force yourself to get up so yeah. that you could be part of that group. And that's what our Christian life is all about. Is that we don't, we, I mean, this is the, the, the marathon that we're running, this race of life that we're running. We're not prepared for it. We know we've never run it before and it's, 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 it's all new to us. But by relying on, on God, you know, reading his word, you know, fellowshipping with other Christians, encouraging one another, that is how we're going to be able to run this race. And if we happen to be around when these things are happening, that's the only way we're, we're going to be able to stand, you know, in, in those times. It brings up an interesting question, which would be our final point as we're like at the quarter two mark now. Um, I come across like this question in one of the, the commentaries. It was like, so with all these things going on, you know, with this, this stuff that's coming against Christians and these persecutions, are we to fight back? You know, are we to join like revolutionary groups and fight back and uh, resist <laughs> this kind of uh, thing? Bearing in mind verse 10 that, you know, we had a couple of translations yes. on... Uh, if anyone's taken captive, to captivity he goes. Anyone's slain, he will be slain. It's almost to the point that you know God doesn't want violent reaction against this. Uh, there was a good quote about pastors in Germany when the Nazis were arising. It says about we're not to demonise the state uh, unless uh, over eggs its kind of line of authority. If it starts telling Christians that they can't worship or they you know they must bow down to this or bow down to that that's too that's that's crossing a line but as people we you know we're meant to be good citizens pay our taxes you know abide by the laws all that kind of thing but when you know the state crosses the line that's when you if you like passively resist these things but pastors who stood against hitler they were arrested uh, and thrown into jail and one pastor was in jail and a, a shocked prison chaplain come to him and said, what are you doing in jail? And the prisoner, the pastor who was in jail, said to the chaplain, brother, why are you not in prison? So it's like there's, there's a passive resistance. You, it, people were being asked to conform to things and others were refusing and taking the consequences. And that is an act of faith because you've got to, You've got to rely on God in those situations. There are many testimonies of those that passively resisted in that way. And, you know, sometimes it costs them their lives. But other times, you know, they were respected for their choice. And it's, you know, it will come to that. You know, in Revelation, we can see it will come to that. We have the victory. That's what we sing. That's what we preach. That's what we, that is the truth. That's our truth. You know, we have the victory in Jesus. No matter what happens in the world, when the world shakes, we're not to panic, you know, when all this stuff is going on, like the pandemic and the wars and all this kind of thing, the world panics, but we are built on the rock. The foundation of our faith is the rock of Jesus. And it's a strong 
rock. Um, and that rock, it, you know, we haven't got time, but in Daniel's, <laughs> uh, in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, where Daniel sees this statue, you know, built of different materials representing the empires, the feet of this thing are made of iron, but they're also made of clay mixed together. And it, it represented the Roman Empire, which seemed absolutely impossible to overcome. But yet a rock is thrown at the, the, this this representation of the Roman Empire. And because it has weakness in it, it, it kind of explodes and this thing comes toppling down. And it's the same, the same promise here with the beast. You know, it may the persecutions of the end times may seem absolutely colossal. And even, you know, people are saying who can resist the beast? So we surrender. It, it seems like an impossible thing to overcome. But but Jesus is the rock and he is still the rock that is cast at all, all the enemies and all the things that come against him, which we will see as Revelation goes on and, you know, cast down the enemy. Um, and, and we are to remain faithful. You know, uh, Jesus is our victor. He's the one who fights and we're to trust in him. Amen. Any last words, Pastor Akin? Um, amen. I just, I, I just, just say a, amen to that, Ben. Amen to that. That's that's the, that's the truth. That's the truth that we need to to hold on to. Amen. It is <laughs> right. Well, that is Revelation thirteen and the two beasts. We'll be coming back um, next week, so it's, we'll be here again. Which gets into the Lamb and the hundred and forty thousand make a reappearance, which will be exciting. Bless you all. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, we'll, we'll love you. We'll see you soon. God bless everyone. Good night.